Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Yeehaw! October is here. <laughs> Surely. Surely this is going to be a better month. Surely it's going to get. It was nice this morning, though. I was out on. I got really early, and I was out on the deck. It was just gorgeous. So, hey, I'm Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardener, and uh, we are here to talk about your issues. Take your comments, uh, whatever y'all want to talk about. That's what we're here for. I've been doing this for many years since the. 80s. In fact, I started my first plant nursery in 1980, and uh, from there went into landscaping with Kevin. In the, uh, and I think we opened Kevinwood Landscapes in 1990, but I'd already been doing it for you know 10 years. So uh, I've I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. But my specialty is native Texas plants, and that's what interests me the most about this whole business is the Texas natives. So I'm excited about using them and the fact that now we have a whole lot more in the landscapes than we used to, which is very gratifying to me. And if you want a project done that specializes in native plants, uh, you can uh, think about using Kevin Wood Landscapes and you can go to the website kevinwoodlandscapes.com and check out the pictures and contact uh, form on there for any project you may want done. But again, today it's all about you, so let's go to our first caller. Oh. And that is Camille in Northwest Austin. Hey, Camille. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have a question. I'm looking to put a privacy hedge uh, on a side of my driveway between the driveway and an iron fence that my neighbor had put up. And I've got about five feet uh, mm-hmm. wide. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at, after much research, I'm looking at either a boxwood, a Skywalker boxwood, or a Yopon holly. And the Skywalker boxwood was recommended to me because it will be fairly narrow, but I'm also in my morning walks. I'm seeing that my neighbors successfully have just Yopon hollies uh, and maybe easier to buy and find locally. The Skywalk Skywalker had to be special ordered and would take several weeks to get in. Well, and let me comment on opinion. that. If you like the okay. smell of cat urine, boxwoods okay. your plant. Uh, it yeah. is it, it's a successful plant. However. Uh, it it smells so bad, but you've mm-hmm. missed on one of the best ones, and that would be the compact cherry laurel. Okay, the reason uh, it's it's also filtered sun all day, so it doesn't really get any good sun. Uh, and I didn't know they'll work. The, they'll work in that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yopons are fine, but the problem with the. Uh, and I love yopons. I don't want to discourage this. You may want to use mm-hmm. a combination of things. But mm-hmm. as they mature, they lose all their foliage on the bottom, and they become yeah. little trees, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, there are dwarf ones, but they don't get as big as you need. 
Um, right. But I would yeah. definitely consider, I mean, again, if you're not right by that boxwood all day, you might want to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably I, if it was me, I'd rather try the compact cherry laurel. Some people will also recommend dwarf wax myrtle. Uh, I don't know. Y'all live in northwest Austin. If you have a lot of limestone, uh, they're mm-hmm. not going to love it, uh, but they will work for, you know, a good long time, especially if you have, you know, good soil. Okay. Uh, it's sloping. The area is sloping as well, so yeah. it gets a lot of drainage. Well, you've got to create some level uh, level areas for when you plant these things, and okay. that, that might be just a little half moon of, you know, rocks brick something but if you don't create a little level area when you plant them you're going to have a really hard time establishing them because the water's not mm-hmm. going to have time to soak in uh-huh okay you can the cherry laurel that we had uh lost its top during the hard freeze that we had mm-hmm. uh, um do you think cherry laurels are hardy enough with the weather we've had lately uh, well, I mean, they're native here. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything lost stuff. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I lost two parts of my my big red oak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, uh, lots of other stuff broke off. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I wouldn't stop doing them. I used to, uh, I would have also recommended, highly recommended, Sandanqua viburnum. But mm-hmm. we did lose those in the freeze. I mean, some of them mm-hmm. came back from the roots a little bit, but very slowly. Uh, uh-huh. But they're they're another viable choice, and just because, you know, they we had every that was the first time in sixty years we had weather like that, right? And who knows? Uh-huh. Who uh-huh. knows? Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Uh, both the yopon and the cherry laurel are natives, so just consider that. Okay, and I could buy those. Should I buy ones that are grown locally? Yeah, of course. And that means okay. you go to a, a, a locally owned nursery like Hill Country Water Gardens or, or uh, you know, Barton Springs Nursery or the Natural mm-hmm. Gardener. Uh, I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, okay. um, yeah, you could go to Leaf on, on Pond Springs Road. Yeah. That's They've got good stock. Um, yes, I like them. Yeah, okay. and they're locally owned as well. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Cheryl. You're welcome. Thanks for calling okay. KLBJ. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. 512-836-0590. Uh, that's the call or text number. And then we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Uh, let's see here. Let me hit this text real quick. Well, I have a pretty picture here that somebody sent me. It says, Cheryl, early morning, 7-ish is a great time to garden and watch the heavens, the moon at 7.20 a.m. today. I was actually seeing that moon even earlier, uh, around 6.30. I was sitting out on the deck drinking coffee, watching that gorgeous moon. And you're right, it was just beautiful out there. Uh, let's see here. Here's another text, and it says, Hi, Cheryl. What are red oaks dying? I think you may have meant why are red oaks dying drought they were stressed i lost as i think i told you last week another big uh giant trunk of my what had been a gorgeous three-trunked spanish oak texas red oak 
uh, crashed down at some point, so there's only one trunk of it left. Uh, but uh, it's sending up baby red oaks that, that are growing really good and really fast. So I, I may have another red oak in that spot one of these days. But yeah, the drought hit them hard. On top of obviously, you know, the fruit, the freeze, the big, you know, snow apocalypse freeze, and then the ice storm, everything, and then the drought, everything has just, it's just come together to create real serious problems. Now, red oaks can get diseases, so you may want to get an arborist to look if you've got one that's suffering. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you now, uh, it, I think it's probably drought damage. And maybe they'll recover. You know, if they don't totally die, they might recover. I'm not going to give up on a big old tree, uh, but that's just me. Okay, it's time for the first break. Let's get that going on, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And uh, this is, again, the Austin Gardener, 512-836-0590. That's a call or text number. And, uh, hey, I just want to mention this real quick before I get back to the text and stuff. I have long said to to y'all and those have been listening a long time the purple sages of course you know they're famous for blooming around rain times but at the end of september they always do a spectacular bloom and that certainly was the case this past week i mean they were just fabulous um so that's probably i don't know i'm, I'm guessing they probably won't bloom again um this fall but weren't they pretty they were so pretty and i didn't have anything to do with rain in this case so oh i'm making a list of cool things for fall here and i keep reminding myself of other things but let's go back to the the text sign here while we wait for your calls what can i use to keep weeds from growing in our rock garden along our driveway we don't want anything to grow there ever Rocks are already down for years. We've already tried vinegar, boiling water with no help. I've tried boiling water, Roundup, vinegar, and pulling them, and they just return. I keep having weeds along our rock garden. Is there anything that will prevent anything from growing there ever again? No. And this is why I don't like to do rock gardens, because they are so hard to manage. Uh, they seem like a great idea. You have to have a weed control barrier down below them. If you didn't do that, you're going to have to pull up those rocks, install weed control barrier, and put them back. However, the uh, soil, dust, dirt blows in, washes in, gets in between them, uh, and there's a lot of plants adapted to growing in rocky soil around here. Um, so I don't see anything that's ever going to keep them from coming up, nothing to coming up. Uh, you might try getting a pear burner and just scorching them. If, if really strong vinegar's not working and they keep coming back, that means it's a perennial weed. Um, but it, the, in that case, Roundup should work on it. Now, I'm not a proponent of 
putting that in the soil. Um, but if, uh, you know, you can always swipe it across there instead of spray it all over the ground. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, that if, if that's not killing them, it's because it's being applied at the wrong time. Roundup doesn't work unless the plant is actively growing. Um, vinegar is not a systemic like Roundup. It'll just burn the tops off repeatedly. Um, but it's worth, I mean, you've tried that. It's not working. I don't know. For my money, they're just more trouble than they're worth. And I wish I had a good answer, but it, it's just it never has a permanent solution in my experience. So I wish I had a better answer. Okay, let's see. What else? Uh, okay, Cheryl, I've had this for several years, never seen it bloom. Do you know what it is? Jeffrey in southwest Austin. Um, yeah, it looks like a Christmas cactus, but why is it blooming now? Uh, I wish I knew that. I can't, I think I'm wrong about that. Uh, but what this is, is, is people have, a lot of people have them. I cannot think of the name of it right now. Uh, I will try to come up with it at some point during this show. But it, it's really cool. You may have to go to the app called Picture This and uh, click on it. And it's not a native plant. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of an indoor plant. Um, but it, it looks, I can't wait to see what the blooms look like. Because that's going to be cool. Oh, some kind of spam email. Forget their text. Okay, here's another one. Hi, Cheryl. Uh, wait a minute. My Esperanza has been in the ground a year and has hardly grown. You might be able to see that something looks like it's chewing off the top parts. I was also wondering why the leaves are still so small. I sprayed a cedar side around the bottom to keep pests away, wondering if I should put a net around it, what fertilizer would be best. I live in the country with deer and grasshoppers. Yeah, you, you're going to have to uh, cage it, and also you're going to have to keep all the competition away from it. You know, you got Bermuda there, and... It needs a good big area that's not heavily compacted. You may want to check on that too because there's just so little soil moisture that our soils have gotten so hard. Um, so I would loosen up the soil, put a little compost around it, uh, cage it or net it so that, you know, something's eating it. it. You probably have rabbits too and you don't even realize that. But, yeah, you're going to have to protect that little old thing and uh, – Maybe next spring. Well, you might hit it with, like I said, a little compost now. I wouldn't try to push it late into the winter. Um, but I think any kind of nutrition and protection is going to help you with your little Esperanza. Um, yeah, that's tough. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And we have the 877-590-5525 toll-free line. Uh, for y'all, if you want to check in on that one. Let's see. Here's another text. Uh, sorry. 
we're working with a, an interesting computer setup this week. Uh, I just heard you mention Texas sage, another good hedge bush. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, not for uh, shade. Um, that lady that was looking for for a hedge for the a fence line had only filtered light. So that's the only reason I didn't suggest sage. But if you have a sunny spot and you're looking for a a good hedge, good screening plant, definitely purple sage. Uh, and if you can find the Lynn Lowry purple sage, oh my gosh, that is a stunner, just a stunner. Okay. Uh, okay, here's another text. It says, can Cheryl rec- uh, comment on Rose of Sharon or Althea? Yeah, it's a fabulous plant. Absolutely love it. It's not native, but it's a really well-adapted plant uh, for this area. Uh, I've got at least three of them in my own yard, and they just bloom so pretty. They are uh, they have a big bell-shaped flower, uh, and they also have uh, cultivars that are multi-flowered or whatever you call that with compound flowers. I have the original purple one with the big bell-shaped purple flower, and I have a white one. I love the white one, too. It's just so pretty. Um, and I have them under a big oak tree, and they they do really well. Uh, they bloom in partial shade. So Althea, or other words, Rose of Sharon, absolutely great plant. I mean, they go dormant in the winter, so it's not like they're evergreen or anything, but they are just so pretty when they're blooming. Okay, here's another text. Uh, let me see here. Please remind people that gardening and landscaping isn't an overnight thing, and results may come the following season. Be patient. You don't always need to add chemicals and product. Absolutely right. I mean, you can you can get a, a sort of a instant gratification from using bigger plants, um, that sort of thing. But you're absolutely right. It's like patience is required because plants spend that first amount of you know first season or two just trying to get their roots established. Uh, it it's really. Uh, a time-consuming process for them because, you know, they come in in this really loosey-goosey soil. They've been, you know, babied and fertilized within an inch of their life to keep them looking good in the nurseries. And then you want to bring them home and plant them in, you know, our soils. And they need a little time to get established. You can't just walk off from them. Uh, but it's it's a, a definitely a patience thing. And, you know, there was even sayings about it, first year something, second year, third year leaps. Uh, so anyway, like three years in to especially trees and stuff, you're going to see a lot of growth. Uh, you know, perennials are going to get a faster response, of course. But um, even the native perennials need a little time to get established. And if you're in deer country, uh, you need to be sure and – protect them for the first three weeks, even if it's going to be a deer-resistant plant. 
because they don't have anything going for them that first three weeks. They're just too vulnerable. So, you know, spray them or net them or something. All right, time for the news. We'll be back after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back and we got a couple of callers online and a bunch of texts, but thank you to all uh, the texters who reminded me that first year sleeps, second year creeps, third year leaps. And that's the saying that I couldn't recall because I'm old now. Okay, let's go to Chris in East Austin. Hey, Chris. Hi, good morning. Hi. I just wanted to make uh, just a quick statement. I'm a, a landscaper by, by trade. I have been for the last 20 years. One thing I really like to push towards people uh, is the best time to do your turf as far as sod is actually in the winter time. The reasoning for that is aesthetically, you're not going to get the greenness until spring. But what happens is you use almost 75% less water because you only have to water in the root system. And when you get your sod from the farm, it's already been treated for weed control that season. So you don't have to worry about weed control in the spring. Um, And it saves people a lot of money. If you can get over the aesthetics of it being brown, I guarantee you in the springtime, your yard is going to be beautiful. And it helps us landscapers in the wintertime still make a business. So right. I just wanted to put that out there. Well, you've probably heard me say my little story. This was many, many years ago, but uh, we were doing a landscape. The people had all this company coming for Christmas, and we ended up laying St. Augustine's sod in a sleet storm the day before Christmas. And that sod that came that, that came out so pretty in the spring. It was just really gorgeous so you are absolutely well, uh, right a lot of times what happens is if they get it even maybe in november october late october it's still going to come from the farm green uh but it's going to brown up real quick and go dormant and these people freak out and think the grass is dead no it's thriving trust me yeah uh, it'll save your pocketbook thousands maybe even hundreds of dollars in the water and trust me well that's a real good Thanks. tip thank you for calling thank you all right Have a great day. you too Okay, let's go to Smithville for our next caller. And if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. You can call or text that number. And Connie's on our toll-free line. Hey, Connie, thanks for calling. Hi, Cheryl. Um, Just got a couple of questions. I had a mountain laurel seedling came up under my mountain laurel that I have in the yard. Um, I thought it was a weed, but when I pulled it up, it had the red hole on the the seed, you know. Uh Uh-huh. And then I also have a Pride of Barbados seedling. I put them both in a pot together, but can I plant those in the ground now? Yeah. Sure. Okay. You know, so you if sure, I can find yeah. a place, mm-hmm. if and they'll be okay over the winter then. Well, I mean, I can't promise that. If we right. get another, you know, thing like well, we yeah. had a couple of years ago, then, you know, probably not. Okay. But you okay. can always heap leaves around them and stuff and sort of protect them. Uh, you know, give them a little bit of protection. Um, okay. And if if we're going to get a hard freeze, you can go out there and put a turn a bucket over them or something like that. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. But do it. All I right, would. Then. All righty. 
Thank, Thank you, you. ma'am. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I planted 200 daffodil bulbs in my front yard the month after Harvey 2017. The next spring, they were spectacular. Second year, so-so. Third year, maybe one or two came up. Should I just give up? They obviously don't like my front yard. Uh, Did the deer eat the bulbs? I thought deer didn't like daffodils. Thank you, Ella. No, I doubt if it was deer eating bulbs, but lots of other things eat bulbs, and they also can um, get too wet. Uh, Bulbs will rot if they get, so if they're in a, an area that y'all watered a lot, that might have done them in. But, you know, daffodils are not native, uh, but they have generally been very successful around here once they get going, um, <clears throat> once they get established, I should say. So I would try them again, but, uh, you know, that that's unusual. Um, the other thing that can happen with bulbs, especially like iris and stuff, is they can get so compacted so full uh that they do not thrive anymore and then they must be separated typically don't see that with daffodils uh but i i would try again if you really love them i don't know if i'd do 200 of them but um i would try the okra is going strong i wish i could send some through the phone to you i am so glad to hear from you I haven't talked to you in so long, and I've been wondering how you are. Oh, my gosh. Best okra grower client of mine in the whole wide world. Uh, she is just, and I'm glad to see you. Uh, please call me or text me and let me know how you're doing, you know, privately, because uh, I'd like to, to hear about that. So, okay, let's go to the phone lines. Dina Bastrop, what's going on? Hi, Cheryl. I have um, Monterey oak. It's about three years old. It's still small. And some kind of, it looks like lint is all over all of the leaves. It's sort of an orange-yellow, and you just, you know, can touch them, and all this stuff comes, fuzzy stuff comes off. Mm-hmm. And I've been spraying it with neem oil RTU that they sell, and nothing seems to stop it. I've even sprayed Bonner soap on it, nothing. So I don't know what else to do. What kind of oak is it? Monterey oak. A Monterey oak. Uh, well, it's either powdery mildew or white fly. It sounds like, uh, although white fly is typically not an orange color, so I'm not really sure. Some kind of fungal growth. Try seaweed. Um, they're going to lose their leaves, you know, this fall anyway. So mm-hmm. with a little luck, it won't come back. Um, but a lot of things are dissuaded by seaweed. It's really good for you know, like the uh, the powdery mildew and stuff. Um, also, you might just try Safer Soap if you haven't done that yet and see if you can get them that way. I'm real surprised neem oil didn't work, though. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know. It's just attacked it all summer long, and uh, finally the leaves, some of the leaves are coming back. <clears throat> but if you just brush your thumb across the leaf, it just all, it's like lint, like you would find in your dryer, mm-hmm. only it's not gray. It's it just, I think powdery mildew might be what it is. Uh, yeah. It's not white looking, no. Yeah, well, maybe a so. different kind that I haven't seen before, but. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, blast it with, with seaweed, uh, water, safer soap, something like that. 
Um, Monterey oaks do tend to, like bur oaks, they, they have those nice big old leaves, so they're going to get stuff. But uh, just another comment, which is a, a really stressed plant is, is uh, vulnerable to things like this. Um, okay, so you said like seaweed, just uh, um, put it with some water and spray that on it. Maybe yeah. that might do it. Yeah, okay. it'll help. It sure will, and it'll help the tree, period. All right, I'll try that. All right, dear. Thank, Thanks thank for you, calling. Sarah. All right, bye-bye. Uh-huh. Ginger, please hold on. we got to get this last break over with. I'll be right back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we're back. Let's go right to uh, Ginger. Hey, Ginger, thanks for calling. Oh, you bet. Um, When it comes to daffodils, most people are not aware that you need to get a bulb that's adapted for Zone 8B because many times the others may bloom well the first year, but they will decline in just the way she described because they're just not, not suitable for this geographic location. Um, most of the Mediterranean origin bulbs, that is Southern Europe and North Africa, are going to work well here. But unfortunately, unless you go to the really good specialty catalogs like Old House Gardens, you will never know for sure if what, where they do best. Because even if they tell you it's all of Zone 8, in 8A it doesn't work any better than further north. So it's really it's really uh, important to find find out about the origin before you buy bulbs because it makes or breaks your succession. Well, you you would know more than anybody else. Ginger is an expert on bulbs, so I okay. Old House Gardens is a good one to order from. Then they are the best. They, the best. Their bulbs are genetically tested and and mostly are only heirloom and species bulbs. None of none of the hybrids. Because it's the heirloom and species bulbs that are the best survivors. That is such good information. Well, I'm glad to hear from you. I hope you're doing okay. Just just avoiding the heat. I know. Well, we're almost there. Surely it's October. Surely, surely it's going to go away soon. Well, thanks, Ginger. I appreciate it very much. All righty. All right. Bye bye. All right, Pflugerville. Is it Dana? Yes, it is Dana. Hello, Cheryl. Hi. What's going on with you? I sent you a text of a picture of an Esperanza. Um, I forgot that you can't zoom in, but it's a three-year-old Esperanza. It survives the freeze and the ice storm, or at least it came back. And it's, it's taller than the fence, and it has yet to bloom. It was a late bloomer last year, but I'm wondering if there's anything I can do to get it to bloom this year. And if not, what can I do to get it to bloom next year? Well, there's two reasons why it wouldn't bloom. Well, three. Okay, is it getting sun? Absolutely. Okay. Is it getting too much water? I, not too much. It only is watered whenever my sprinklers go off. Which is how often? Uh, well, once a week. And is it being given nitrogen fertilizer? No, ma'am. Okay. Then you got me. I don't know why well, it wouldn't bloom. Oh, so it does not need nitrogen fertilizer. No, uh, okay. nitrogen will, what it'll do is cause Green a, it. Yeah, a lot of foliage okay. and no interest in blooming or very mm-hmm. little. So, and a lot of times this will happen like if it's adjacent to, you know, turf area that you're 
we're trying to fertilize and keep green, and it washes into the, uh, you know, the bed with the Esperanza. Right. So, so don't even try a fertilizer with the middle number high. Well, you could try that. Yeah, there's a the time release organics are for, they're formulated differently, right? There's some for turf and green, yeah. and then there's some for flowering things. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. why not try that? Hmm. Well, okay. It's just so big and beautiful and green, <laughs> and, and I can appreciate that. But I really would like some little yellow flowers. Yeah, I just feel like it. It you, whether you think so or not, it might be getting too much water. Okay, all right. May I ask you a quick other question? Yeah. I bought some of the cayenne pepper to put in my containers to keep the squirrels out of them. Uh, However, I got to thinking, well, whenever I water it, that cayenne pepper, you know, is going to go, it's a powder form. Mm -hmm. Will it hurt the plant? No. Okay. No, it won't hurt the plant. It just might make, make for an angry squirrel. So, <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm That's your for. goal. <laughs> that's my goal. All right. Well, All thank right. you thank so you much. Now. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Sorry to cut her off. Uh, okay, Ashley in Dripping. Uh, it says, Happy Sunday, Cheryl. We've talked about this flower bed before, after Snowmageddon. Well, we planted salvia that we bought from a local nursery, and it's done absolutely nothing. It's not thriving by any means. What can I put in that's native? I want it to grow a couple of feet tall, preferably something the hummingbirds, butterflies, and bees like. My cats love to sit at the window and watch the wildlife. Um, Ashley, here's the thing. It's got to be something in the soil preparation of this bed or the watering or the care because there is not a reason in the world that salvias of any kind would not work in that bed and dripping. Uh, Salvia gregii. You know, and it comes in a lot of colors. You could also add some Mexican bush sage in there. But if you haven't added anything into the soil, I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, But this was a very hard year to establish anything because of water and water restrictions. So uh, my guess is if you go ahead and improve the soil, and you may want to get a soil test, uh, then go back in and plant your salvias and stuff. Um, and try again because there's no reason. Otherwise, you may want to get a professional help out there. Uh, and also, I would recommend the growgreen.org website uh, that has all the great plants that work here. There's so many. Um, but if you go to growgreen.org, you'll see all these great plants. Now, somebody sent me a beautiful white moth on the Turk's cap, and it says, do you know what this white moth is on my Turk's cap? And I do not know what that is, but I bet some smart listener knows what it is. So if we have time, we'll get it. Cheryl, how do I fight fight spotted spurge in a Bermuda lawn and an ornamental garden bed? Bob. Uh, You know, the only thing you can really do in the Bermuda is just keep the Bermuda super healthy and uh, mow it a a lot. Uh, So if it's, you know, this year it probably wasn't growing well and we couldn't really water like we needed to. But uh, I I I don't think the spurge is that big a deal. Now, the ornamental garden beds, it might be more of a problem. But you can also try, be sure you have plants that will shade it out a little. Okay, let's see here. 
I have too many issues with my jalapenos, cucumbers, and the other veggies. Just wanted to say we love you and appreciate your knowledge about horticulture. That is so sweet. Thank you. I wish I knew more. Oh, there's always so much more to learn. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, I, I, that's the Esperanza lady. We talked about that. And then here's another one that says, Hey, the caller was right about establishing St. Augustine in, during winter, but until we get some substantial rains, this will not be the winter to do that. Um we need to conserve water as much as possible till we get out of this drought. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, Cheryl. I love your show. Listen every week. You're so sweet and hot. <laughs> I am not hot. Uh, hey, Cheryl, I don't have a green thumb, but I love your show. I think you're hot. Scott, thank you. I'm glad you can't see me. I've got that radio face. I used to be hot, in my humble opinion. Okay, let's see what's going on with this. Uh, let's see, some pictures here of some wilted plants. I, there's no commentary on this. Um, these plants are really wilted. Kind of looks like Ligustrum. I'm not really sure what's going on. What's the question? Oh, I see here. Planted about two weeks ago. Xylosma. Yeah, they're really they're really wilted. I guess you're wondering what's going on. It doesn't look like they're getting enough deep water to me, but that's just me. Um, the little spots on the leaves, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but they need to be deep watered and mulched. It takes a good amount of time to establish uh, these new plants, right, especially this year in this kind of weather. It is just ridiculously difficult uh, to get anything started. So I, I am very sympathetic Um but I would try deep water, be sure it's mulched, and you might have some luck reviving them. And you can never go wrong, listen, with spraying with seaweed because that can really help plants a lot. Okay, one last quick call. Rosie, what's going on? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Um, I just saw the person that sent you the, the Japanese mosa that's wilted. Oh, the xylosma? Uh-huh. That's yeah, I was just talking about that, saying try deep watering it and mulching it and see if that'll help. Uh, mulching it? You know, there's a lot of rock down there below. Would that be a problem? Uh, not rock? eventually, but it is a problem getting it started. And it's in really huh. poor soil when you buy it. So you're going to have to, I mean, you could top dress with compost. If you didn't do any soil amendment when you planted it, you better put some compost down there. And then put mulch around it and give it a good deep watering. Hopefully we'll get some rain this week and that'll help. But I have to let you go because the show's ending. Thanks. Rosie, good luck. Okay, folks, thank you so much. And remember, if you need a, a project done in your landscape, call kevinwoodlandscapes.com. Go to the website, contact, and I'll see you all next Sunday.